Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The 2021 U.S. Open is now three weeks away, and after a one-year hiatus, the tennis world has returned to the hard courts of Canada with the men in Toronto and the women in Montreal. The day one story in both cities was the heat. It made the players uncomfortable and kept the medical teams very busy. Plus, Novak Djokovic makes an abrupt schedule change that has a major effect on the U.S. Open Summer Series. And Hall of Famer Andy Roddick is back for a full week of TC Live. I would have fallen on my way to that ball. <laughs> Go outside if you want to talk. Thank you. Uh, inside or out, we're ready to talk tennis on TC Live right now. And we welcome you to Tennis Channel Live post-game coverage on day one of the National Bank Open in Canada. Men, Toronto, women, Montreal, first time we've had tour tennis north of the border in over two years. That's too darn long to wait for a Tim Horton sour cream glazed. Here's what's coming up on the show. We've got full highlights and reaction from a hot day one in Canada. We'll look at the crop of young American guns bursting into the top 100 this summer. Plus the latest installment of Real or Not Real. It involves Eli Manning and it also involves tennis, we assure you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to TC Live on a Monday night. Look, we've got our, our very own real live Canadian with us here for the <laughs> Canadian Open. Jeannie Bouchard, former world number five Wimbledon finalist. We didn't scare you away last week. You're, you're, you're not traumatized by us? Not at all. I just keep coming back for more. Uh, uh, look, I, I know it's hard for you to uh, miss your home tournament. I know you're rehabbing the shoulder, but th this one's got to sting. I do have to admit, it's very tough to not be at my home tournament, especially seeing the venue, seeing the courts that I know so well. I first got a wild card there in 2008 when I was 14 years old. So. Wow. Uh, well, so you know, even in absentia, Jeannie's army is marching on. How about this nice tweet uh, to remind you of home? That made me so happy to see this. I'm not even there, and they're still going to wave a flag with my face on it. It's just, it's so adorable. It makes me feel loved, even from far. And, But, you know, being on the Tennis Channel is helping me. I feel like I'm still part of the tournament, but just in a different way. You are connecting with the fans back home, even from afar. They want to see you with a racket in your hand again. We must also welcome in the third member of our team, Andy Roddick, joins us for the full week again. Uh, Andy, uh, you have fond memories of Canada. 2003 champion there. I, I know you beat Al Bandian in that final. I wonder if you might have even more pleasant memories of the semifinal that year. Yeah, Brett, uh, you know, I, I played a guy named Federer uh, in the semis there and got a win and really set the table for a decade of dominance against that guy. Uh, from, from that moment on, it was pretty clear to everyone watching that I was going to absolutely dominate that rivalry, win many, many Wimbledons along the way. So that really set the table for, uh, for that rivalry. Jeannie, you remember that match? You were aught years old, 2003? I remember Andy winning the U.S. Open, so I do remember that. Same year. Same yes, year. It was exactly. just, just weeks before. It, it, it led him up to winning the U.S. Open. All right. Uh, glad you're here, Andy. Glad uh, Jeannie can barely remember that as an infant from 2003. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get to the highlights, and we'll start in Toronto with the men, and we'll start with American Taylor Fritz coming off a couple of semifinals in Cabo in Atlanta. Andy uh, taking on the qualifier, James Duckworth, and, and Taylor was struggling today. 
Yeah, it's a it's a weird highlight to call. It's a weird match to analyze because on face value, you know, Taylor Fritz is a guy who's been, you know, kind of close to the top 20, maybe not quite there, but we've been talking about it for a while. Can he break into the top 10? And if you're going to do that, you have to beat uh, Duckworth in a big tournament like this in a lead up. Uh, solid veteran Duckworth gets the most out of his ability, but you really see Taylor here struggling physically. Wasn't really sure what was going on when I was watching it. It was kind of uh, in and out, and there was a foot situation. Uh, he looked exhausted. Obviously, there was a lot of talk about the heat in the community today. Um, I, I kind of felt like he was going to pull the ripcord at any point. Uh, but credit to Duckworth for kind of staying in there and staying focused. It's not always easy uh, to play against someone who you know is is laboring a little bit. And, uh, you know, it, Fritz, he's got he's got to get together, re regroup a little bit, get his body right. Uh, you hope is that the palpitations he was having with his heart isn't something that's too serious. But, uh, you know, certainly one that he'll, uh, he'll see in the rear view and, and maybe not be okay with. So uh, he said he was fine afterwards, but then he had to deal with this, Andy and Jeannie, which so many tennis players have been dealing with lately. The fact that after you lose a match, these anonymous Twitter accounts from gamblers who bet on you and lost send these vile, sometimes violent, threatening tweets. And Taylor did a scroll on the right side of the screen of all the horrendous things that were tweeted at him. And, and he said, look, uh, death threats or not, I'm not pulling out. I'm, I'm not really concerned about you degenerate gambling addictions while, while I'm playing a match. Uh, Andy, th th does something have to be done about this? Because it it's become a major problem in this and other sports yeah i mean a threat is a threat whether or not it's on a computer or just someone's face it it's kind of getting to the point where, where where it's all the same but let's let's be very clear you know every gambler when they win it's like oh because i'm a great gambler and every time they lose it's because taylor fritz was hot and didn't play well and his foot was hurting Let, let's be so clear if you're tweeting at someone after they lose a tennis match you're an absolute loser and you got to find something else to do Jeannie, you've dealt with these right I have. Uh, I think most tennis players have received hate, and I've gotten a lot of hate over my career. But what can you do? What is the solution? Because there is freedom of speech, and how can we police so many people online saying mean things? Uh, I'm not sure if we can. Uh, first of all, a death threat's illegal. Let, let, let's just put that out there, period, full stop. That, that doesn't belong anywhere. Uh, but a lot of these are anonymous keyboard warriors, Andy, who have all kinds of bravado when they're hiding behind the computer screen. I have a feeling if they met you in person, if they met Jeannie in person, if they met anybody in person, they'd be tail between the legs asking you guys for autographs, but uh, they lose 20 bucks on a prop bet, and they're, they're uh, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, they. I think you get that that uh, that keyboard bravery that you that, that you're talking about. And listen, if tennis was easy, then everyone would do it for a living. I I can go on a keyboard and type away uh, insane stuff, but uh, you know what we do is hard. And you win some, you lose some. The, the the glorious thing about sports is that it's the world's best reality show. There is no script, and uh, people act shocked when it doesn't turn out the way that they want it to. Uh, or, or surprises. That's what makes sports great. All right. Be a human being online if you're uh, talking to athletes or anybody, for that matter. Let's check out the women in Montreal. We'll start with American Amanda Anasimova. Just two tour-level wins since Roland Garros. Jeannie taking on the qualifier Martinsova today. That's right. Anisimova has that one gear of big, powerful tennis, and when she's on, she's on, and it was working today. Always had Martin Sova on her back foot. She was in control of most points. Had way more winners to Martin Sova's. But then Martin Sova called for the trainer after the first set. And not too sure what happened here. It's appeared like stomach pain. The doctor is giving her medication there. But it didn't end up helping because she retired down 4-3 in the second set. All right, so uh, Anna Smova was looking good even before uh, Martin Sova was struggling. Amanda served 80% first serves in, only dropped five points on that first serve. She moves on. 
How about that Canadian, Layla Fernandez, uh, ranked 70 in the world, taking on the qualifier, Harriet Dart. Yes, this was a good opportunity for Layla to get a win at home in Montreal after having successful years on tour now. But she, she seemed perhaps overcome by the moment. I know the feeling playing at home. It's kind of like a double-edged sword. It can motivate you and you can get that fan um, you know, crowd just supporting you, but it can also be like a burden on your shoulders of pressure. And she played tight, a few too many errors and key moments and cost her the match. Tough one for Fernandez. Start snaps the four-match skid. She'll play another Canadian next, the two-seed Bianca Andreescu. Meanwhile, we do have a, a news item that we have to pass along. It concerns the world number one on the men's side. Novak Djokovic announcing today on social media that he's going to withdraw from Cincinnati. Said, uh, sadly, I won't be ready to compete this year in Cincinnati. Turning my focus to the U.S. Open, spending more time with my family. Uh, Andy, is one tournament enough between Wimbledon and the Open for Novak to get ready for the, the slam, as it were? I mean, in a perfect world, you'd, you'd want some matches in the lead-up, but you know, I, I think this is the responsible decision. Obviously, uh, and none of us can really tell Novak how to go through a Grand Slam event. He does it better than uh, than anyone on earth. But uh, he has to trust his body. He's been pretty good about that throughout the years. Uh, obviously, going to Tokyo was, uh, was a big stretch. He looked a little tapped out towards the end of that event. Uh, I'm not really surprised. Uh, with with him pulling out, obviously he knows his pacing in three out of five set matches. His fitness will be there, and uh, you know he's so good these days that he will be able to kind of a la Serena Williams back in the day work his way into this tournament, even without a lot of match practice. All right, unclear if Djokovic is feeling the effects of the shoulder, which he cited when he withdrew from the mixed doubles at the Olympics, or if he just wants to chill out for a little while longer. Either way. We'll see him in New York. We've got a lot to get to on the show today. We'll check in with Danny and Prakash in Toronto. Plus, it's been an awfully good couple of weeks for the young Americans. If you're not acquainted with Jensen Brooksby and Brandon Nakashima, you're going to be. We will fill in some of the blanks on these two rising stars when TC Live returns. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Back on TC Live, and if you've been wondering when the next wave of young American tennis stars was going to arrive, uh, they're here. As of today's ranking, we've got three American men in the top 100 who are 21 or under. Sebi Korda's been there since February, though he did withdraw from Toronto today with a back injury. Brandon Nakashima broke into the top 100 last week, and now Jensen Brooksby, with his run to the semis in D.C., joins the group. And, of course, you've got the other guys, Fritz and Opelka and Tiafo, who are still just 23. But, Andy, I'm curious for your take for starters on Jensen Brooksby, not your cookie-cutter power player. What did you think about him as he made that run in D.C.? I love it. He, go, he just goes to work. He problem solves. He's got a little bit of uh, this, like, moxie. Uh, but but he, he, he kind of goes about every point in a very focused way. He's not out there hooting and hollering. He's not trying to get on Instagram. You know, he's not trying to come up with highlights. He just kind of goes to work, 
runs around, makes he, he makes you play every single point, has some variety in this game, uh, and is intense. I like the focus in and out of points. Someone asked him during a press conference at Washington, you know, the, all this success, he goes, this wasn't overnight. This is a lifetime of work. Uh, and, am I happy with my results? Yes, but am I surprised? No, I'm not. I, you know, I, I, I kind of expected this at some point. It's just so happening this week. I love the intensity that he plays with. There's a lot of upside to this kid. He needs to improve his, improve his serve a little bit. You know, you got to be able to kind of grind out a little bit more than one, 110, 112 uh, when you're six foot four. But hopefully that comes with strength and time. But uh, I love what I'm seeing from Jensen Brooks. He's super high tennis IQ. I totally agree. It was it was so fun to watch him last week in D.C. I'd never watched him before, and he has a little bit of an unorthodox technique and game style, but the crafty hands and the touch, uh, really entertaining. And I noticed it was interesting how he would almost favor his backhand sometimes to his mm-hmm. forehand, and you really don't see that often on the men's side. On the women's side, yes, but on the men's side for uh, a guy to take his backhand kind of in the middle of the court. So... Uh, Beautiful backhand to watch. So Jensen Brooksby impressed a lot of people this past week. Brandon Nakashima has been impressing people for a couple weeks. Jeannie, he's been impressing you for a little while longer. You guys were teammates in World Team Tennis last year. I I take it from what you've said about him that it comes not as a surprise at all that he's having success like this. That's right. It all started last year at World Team Tennis. My team, the Chicago Smash, will take credit for his success. (laughs) He was great. He was putting his head down and working. I remember we would have some 9 a.m. matches, and the standard schedule was to just do a warm-up at 8.30, and he was out there with his coach, Dushan Vemich, training for an hour before just an early match and he wouldn't take days off like some of the other players would so he puts in the hard hours and the the potential is there. Andy we've got waves and levels of American players now we know who the stars are up front with John and Sam and the veterans and Tiafo coming but now we've got this new wave and Nakashima is a big part of it it seems. Yeah, and what I liked is coming off the final in Cabo, he draws uh, a kid out of college who played at the University of Georgia as a wild card in the first round of Atlanta, loses the second set. Uh, Nakashima's level at this point in their career is he's, 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 he's a way better player than this kid I was watching. But there was nothing condescending in his behavior. He went straight back to work, got an ugly win, which paved the way, got the ball rolling again, and then was able to kind of back up one final with another final. Didn't kind of take the, the result in Cabo and just kind of sit on it for a couple of weeks, you know, and just sit back kind of happy. Went to work again. Uh, that's the kind of stuff I like to see from an upcoming player. Consistency of emotion, getting his work pail, going to lunch. Uh, and, and, you know, it, I, I just like what I see out of him. He constructs points in a, in a, in a pretty intelligent way. And uh, I love to hear Jeannie say that he was out there uh, putting in the hard yards even during the team tennis season. So, so Nakashima and Brooksby making their breakthroughs these last couple weeks. Sebi Korda is a little bit more established, broke into the top 100 back in February. He's now 45 in the world, though he did have a bit of a back injury uh, that caused him to pull out in Toronto. Andy, without assigning too many expectations, because we don't want to do that, where do you see where should Sebi be by the end of this year? Well, we have to remember, like, the, the, the ranking system readjusts. So if you're 45 but you've done the bulk of your work in the last six months, you're going to shoot up when the kind of the, the COVID ranking readjusts. So I, I think in the, in the, in the real, uh, real-time rankings, he's somewhere in the top 20, and that's probably where he should shoot for uh, by the end of the year. There's nothing that he doesn't do well. I would love to see – uh, him kind of open up the shoulders a little bit more on the serve and be able to throw down 125, 130 with consistency. Uh, you know, we, we remember that match at Wimbledon against Kachanoff where he got broken, I think it was like six times in one set. That's not going to happen a year or two from now with Sebi Korda. Is, is a complete player, uh, can take it to people, can switch directions off both sides. I love what I see from him. And, you know, he, he's the first guy in a long time that I look at 
from the States and say, you know what, this guy is top three, top five potential, mm. but um, you know, he's not satisfied. He goes and tries to put up the results every week, whether it's on clay in Europe, whether it's indoors, whether it's a challenger, whether it's a tour event, he kind of goes to work every week. And I love seeing that. High praise from Andy. And, and yes, I agree. I know he went to play some challenger events instead of going to Australia and has made decisions like that. I've seen him around in Vegas where I train. He sometimes mm -hmm. works with Andre and Gil Reyes out there and uh, he just puts his head down and, and goes to work and they see a lot of potential in him and so I agree with that. All right, maybe this week off we'll give him a chance to go home to Florida, check out Nellie's gold medal, which I assume she's <laughs> brought home by now. That's a, a talented family. We've got more to come on TC Live. Up next, it was Nick at night and you got all you bargained for. Back in a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. better than her. He's 26, who just knocked out this straight set win. She was very focused. I think she took the the moment of playing in Canada well. She was very motivated. Keys came out looking a little flat. It's always hard to play the last match at night. Maybe she was a bit nervous inside, but kudos to Rebecca. I mean, this is her biggest win on her comeback trail. It's her first top 50 win in 10 years. Yeah. So she is said in the interview after she was so proud of herself. And all of Canada would be proud of her as well. She's been through a lot. Some other scores from today. Andy, I would point you to that middle score on the right. Lloyd Harris wins today. That sets the rematch with Rafa five days after he beat Rafa in D.C. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. You know, it's <laughs> funny how, like, the draws work out sometimes. And you beat someone one week, and all of a sudden, you know what? I'm, we're not even going to let you enjoy it. you got to go do it again. And uh, you know Rafa's going to be chomping at the bit to, uh, to get a little revenge. All right. Uh, we look forward to that match uh, in a couple of days. Let us check out the social net. What's going on in social media today? Uh, this involves Kyrgios also. And, Jeannie, this uh, relates to you because you've been a mixed doubles partner of Nick Kyrgios. Uh, he says he wants to play mixed with Coco Golf in Australia. Coco tweeted back and said, let's make it happen. What kind of partner was he? Look, I need to warn Coco that not one word about tennis will be spoken on the court during this mixed doubles. Nick likes to joke around. He likes to trash talk. And it was so fun to play together. So I think it'll be entertaining to watch these two. You like this idea, Andy? I'm just... I'm just saying, Nick, don't mess with our Coco. All right? She got a good head on her shoulders. She's a nice person. Don't mess with Coco. Don't be a bad influence. <laughs> yeah, he'll, be, he'll be fine. I have a feeling he'll nurture her as appropriate. Uh, all right. This is the latest edition of Real or Not Real. It involves Giants quarterback, now retired Eli Manning. On the very weekend that his brother Peyton went into the Hall of Fame, uh, he claims that he, too, had some important hardware to add to the family case, claiming that he and wife Abby won the consolation bracket of the B-League mixed doubles of his club tournament. Andy, real or not real? I don't know what B-League is. I don't know. About, you know, I don't, I don't know. About this. All, all I'm saying is that this would require Eli Manning having like a national membership to a tennis club in Canton, Ohio, or or 
being so uh, interested in his mixed doubles tournament that he would stay and play that and risk not being on time for his brother's induction. Not real, Eli. I'm calling. Uh, I'm calling fake on that. You didn't. You didn't play any tennis, Eli. <laughs> Jeannie, real or not real? Not real. I mean, even if it was, how is this impressive in any way at his, at his local <laughs> country club? I mean. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, if you're a football player, perhaps winning a club tournament in mixed doubles is impressive. It'd be like you winning the Super Bowl. That would be also yeah, impressive. Yeah, but it's the consolation of B-League. Uh-oh, I yeah. see. So, Jeannie, I'm going to jump in here. Just because you don't understand what retirement is yet and how desperate <laughs> we get retirement, that's a big deal. Okay, okay. Je- I'll cross that bridge when I get there. Jeannie says he can't believe... <laughs> Eli played the backdraw of the mix. Uh, here's the schedule tomorrow. Uh, day session, 11 a.m. RSNs at the same time. Night session at 7 Eastern. TC Live to follow an encore coverage all night. We'll wrap things up with more phony baloney stories in just a moment. Back on TC Live, one more look at tomorrow's feature matches in Canada. Coverage beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern on Tennis Channel, starting with Coco Goff, Daniil Medvedev, Stefano Tsitsipas, all on the menu tomorrow. Danny Kluppinger and Prakash Amritraj are on the scene as always for Tennis Channel. They've got a look ahead. All right, Brett, back here at the Tennis Channel desk in Toronto. P, we've got an exciting Tuesday ahead of us, including the story of the summer. A 20-year-old Jensen Brooksby playing Nicholas Bashilashvili. Thoughts on seeing him in action? Well, as Andy said, he's got so much going for him, but I want to see how he performs this week. A lot has happened since last week. All of a sudden, a ton of eyeballs on him. Andy Murray has been tweeting about him. The whole world has been talking about him. So I want to see how he comes through this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Busy Tuesday in both cities here, Brett. Okay, guys, thanks for manning the desk morning, noon, and night. Before we go, quick look at today's hot shot, which comes courtesy of Tommy Paul in Toronto. He's in the far court here. Andy, give us a grade on the running forehand. So let's let's talk about this. He hits the shot and then slides. Do we still credit that with, like, a sliding forehand? <laughs> it's like, remember the old, like, Murphy Jensen? He would dive everywhere even when he didn't, he didn't have to. Watch, hit the shot, and then he's like, I'm going to make some noises. That's, that's what I see there. <laughs> it was like an unnecessary slide. I, Andy wants Tommy to slide into the shot, not hit the shot and then slide afterwards. Did, does he lose points for that, Jeannie? I mean, he wanted to make his forehand sound cooler. I'm all good with it. And it was, a hard, it was hard to hit. It was, like, behind his body when he hit it. So he's, and he's being I mean, too I mean, tough on it, him. Maybe it was hard to hit, but it was, it was like, like he'd already done the tough part, and then he just decided to, like, make noises. It's all about the show. Yeah. Uh, so uh, before we go, quick thought on uh, Coco Goff, who, by the way, lost in doubles today with Jesse Pagula, uh, plays her singles match tomorrow. Uh, what are your expectations for her as she uh, posts in Canada for the first time? Well, she has a tough opponent, Sevastova. She's lost to her three times and never beaten her. So I think Sevastova has a tricky game for her, likes to mix it up. I've played her and and lost a few times as well. Uh, I think she's had a good break now because she she had COVID and didn't play. So hopefully she'll be ready to play her first match of the the hardcore season. All right, we look forward to that tomorrow. Part of our coverage starting at 11 a.m. Eastern. That does it for 
TC Live wall-to-wall coverage. Both cities tomorrow, men in Toronto, women in Montreal. And another post-game edition of TC Live to follow all the action for Andy and Jeannie and our TC crew. I'm Brett. We'll see you tomorrow, day two in Canada.